Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me, as always, is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Oh, it's going amazing. Amazingly. I don't know what words I've been using lately, so it's... That, that fits. Does that work? Uh, so today we are going to be talking about A Duke by Default by Alyssa Cole, and later we are going to talk about book boyfriends and why we love them. But first, mom... What have you been reading? What because, have I been reading? Spoiler alert, <laughs> I haven't been reading anything. So, Mom, this this one's all yours. She hasn't been reading. She hasn't been work, watching Turkish television. Man. Oh, so rude. You are super rude. Okay. Um, what was the last one we did? Was, oh. The was last what, was wedding the wedding date. date. Okay. Just trying to figure out where I left off. Mm-hmm. Well, I decided I wanted to start the new Penny Reed series. The physics, the laws of physics, but mm-hmm. I hadn't read the laws of chemistry, so Elements I wanted chemistry. But yes. that is the one I meant. Yes, you know me; I always say it wrong. So I, I started the Elements of Chemistry by Penny Reed, and I read the first two or first one and a half or something, and then I had to quit and read um, by possession, which is mm-hmm. what we did for our last segment, and then I finished Capture. So I read. Attraction, Heat, and then I finished with Capture, and then I read Duke by Default. Okay. And are you going to read Law of Physics next? Well, I want to. Is the... Um, Only the first part is out so far. I know, but they're coming out early. The second part is coming out early on oh. I- iBooks. Is there a cliffhanger at the end of the second one? Yes. Gosh dang it. Um, uh, possibly. I'll have to okay. see. Yeah. There's other I things I want to read, too, so. Yeah, I know. It, it won't kill me to put that one off, because. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, I haven't been reading anything, <laughs> except for <laughs> the books that we've talked about on the show. Um, so, yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah, I know. I'm aware. <laughs> so, let's just jump right into it. <laughs> So today we are going to be talking about A Duke by Default by Alyssa Cole. It is the second book in her Reluctant Royals series. Neither of us have read the first book, A Princess in Theory. Um, There is also a novella called Once Ghosted, Twice Shy, which came out in January. And the third book, A Prince on Paper, about Johan and Naya, comes out next month on April 30th. Um, So this book was recommended to us by both listeners Tabitha and Taylor, and we've also had a lot of other listeners, um, you know, weigh in that they also love this book and were excited that we were reading this one. So I wrote a little description for this one. Um, I wrote, Portia Hobbs is on a mission to not be such a hot mess all the time. Part of that mission is a prestigious apprenticeship with Scottish sword maker Tavish Mackenzie. But when she meets her silver fox of a boss, she realizes that her attraction to him may throw a wrench into some of her plans. Likewise, Portia goes against Tavish's plans to be a grumpy sod all the time. He has to begrudgingly admit that her plans for his armory are helping to bring the place around, and to admit that his feelings for her are outside the confines of those that a master should have for his apprentice. The two are thrown together even more when Portia discovers that Tavish is actually the legitimate heir to a dukedom. It becomes Portia's new mission to clean him up and make him fit for the dukedom, but Tavish begins to realize that he might not want the title unless it comes with her 
as his duchess. So, Mom, what did you think of a duke by default? I liked the duke by default. I liked this book. I thought it was a fun read. I I liked the idea of modern-day royals or modern-day peers. Um, Yeah, I really liked that about this one, too. We don't have a lot of books about, like, modern-day dukes. Yeah. I've read a butt-ton of books about dukes. In the, <laughs> in the Regency, in and... the Regency era, but um, not. I don't. I don't think I read any that are about our, you know, contemporary. Dukes. Well, and he, it's even royals. Like I mean, so this one is he's a duke in Scotland, right? But right. Um, the others, the rest of the series is you know, royals of made up countries, made up and, countries, uh, and <laughs> with stuff. crazy names. I was like, wow, where yeah. are these names coming from? <laughs> Um, so she's obviously having fun with it. But yeah, I really liked that about this book too, because in, especially like once they get into the part where she's kind of getting him ready for the dukedom and things like that, it in some ways reads a lot like what we're used to with a historical, but I, so I liked kind of the social media presence that's in this because it's kind of fun to see this stuff that we're so used to seeing in our historicals take place with social media and paparazzi and all this sort of stuff. Right. And um, just, yeah, and the whole thing about getting him ready for the dukedom. And then how in the end, well, you know, I'm giving away the end. But how in the yeah. end they kind of meshed both his worlds kind of in a nice way. And, yeah. and uh, you know, how the dukes don't have to be stuffy like they did in the olden days. Yeah. Um, I would even go so far as to say I I really liked this book. I did really like this book. It, her writing is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, just like the tone that she kind of keeps throughout. And she has certain lines in there that just made me like a lull, you know, in a yes. serious way. Yes. Um, and obviously she's a girl after our own hearts because, first of all, Reggie has a website called Girls With Glasses. Guess what? Mom and I both are. Both wear glasses. Both girls with glasses. And, I mean, the nerd references abound in this yes. book. Yes. Even though They're, she didn't get a lot of them. Yeah, she doesn't I mean, she doesn't know most. Doctor Who. She doesn't know Harry Potter. Okay, how cute is it that her food stand is called Doctor Who? I, I loved it. Love that <laughs> so much. And it's out of a blue police box. Like, yeah. that's amazing. It's just adorable. Um, yeah, that was so awesome. I mean, there's Harry Potter references. There's Lord of the Rings references. Doctor Who. Well, it's funny because Cheryl would always make these these Harry Potter references. Like, of course, everyone knows what I'm talking about. And her and Tavish were both like, I, I have no uh, idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, it was either Cheryl or uh, her sister, Reggie, would Reggie. be making the yeah. references. And they just go straight over Portia's head, but... We got them. We so got them. That we were was in fun. there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I, I, um, yeah, I just thought this one was a lot of fun. And I thought that it was interesting to me, like, structure-wise of the plot, that this whole thing about him becoming a duke doesn't really start to become a plot point until you're, like, halfway through the book. Um, 
it didn't right. bother me, but like when it came around, I was like, "Oh yeah, I completely forgot that this was." <laughs> There's supposed to be a duke in here somewhere. <laughs> it is called Duke by default. <laughs> yeah, that this was a duke thing. Um, <laughs> so, but it was nice to be able to like spend some time just like with the armory in the beginning, and then have this duke thing become, you know, the main well, plot. Well, one of my favorite parts, and this is how twisted I am. One of my favorite parts were all the sexual innuendos about. The swords. You're, you're cutting into one of my questions. Oh, Mom. sorry. I forgot. That's no, I won't even talk about that. Um, <laughs> I wrote down, if we're talking about Dukes, though, I wrote down this line, just this little exchange that she has with the librarian. Um, you know, Portia asks for a book on Dukes, and the librarian says, we have a fantastic romance section. Do you need recommendations? How do you like your Dukes? Grumpy? Tortured? Alpha? Beta? Or Alpha in the Streets? Beta in the Sheets? She's like, actually, I meant nonfiction, Portia said glumly. The librarian sighed, just a warning, love. The nonfic Dukes are not nearly as fun. <laughs> I have a feeling that's accurate information. <laughs> I have a feeling that's extremely accurate. Okay, Mom, so what did you think of Portia as our heroine? I liked Portia. She was kind of a hot mess, but it's mostly hot mess that she brought on herself. I mean, it was mostly just yeah. her view of herself was a hot mess. Yeah. I mean, she wasn't like She's as... obviously got some, like, par- parent issues. I think that's right. where a lot of hers come from, just, like, this um, image of self that they have given her, Um is yeah, it's it's it was sad to like, and I like that Tavish would call her out on it so often. Right, he would just he's like, say it, say you're amazing, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because she was she was like running that. I mean, she just yeah. steps in and like starts running that whole place, and then when this dukedom becomes a thing, she's taking care of like everything for him. Well, I have a feeling that the reason she thought she effed everything up is because she couldn't fit into the box that her parents wanted her to fit in. So she was, she floundered for a long time trying to figure out, you know, what she was and what she wanted to do with her life because they kept trying to, you know, fit this round peg in a square hole kind of thing. And she just didn't fit into, you know, that was not what she wanted in life. And you know, it's the kind of, and we've seen this a lot in a lot of our books, but the kind of parents where, you know, oh, well, if you don't do what we want you to do, then you're a failure, even though you've been super successful in a lot of other things. And yeah. um, I don't know, that seems to be a theme in a lot of books we've read lately. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> but um, I, you know, once, you know, once she started to realize I have been successful. I have started doing things. I, I turned my life around, and I'm not, you know, drinking and sleeping around all the time anymore. Yeah, well, and she's very capable in a lot of, you know, things that she takes on. And, um, you know, Well, she, and I, I liked mean, that she she points out, I'm not an alcoholic. It's just that I use alcohol as a crutch. And, yeah. um, and sleeping and, with, and the men that I sleep with as a crutch. Right, and, and you know, just to kind of hide myself. And, and so she was, she'd stop drinking. Not because, you know, she, she couldn't problems. go without it, but because yeah. she saw that she was misusing it. Yeah. I mean, can you see the difference? I could see the difference. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, and that's the thing, right, is where he's like, you know, she gets asked straight up a couple times, like, are you an alcoholic? And she's like, no, I just yeah, don't use it responsibly. And so right. it's just better to avoid it kind right. of thing. 
Um, yeah, I, I liked her kind of hot mess journey. In some ways, like, I, f- I don't think I'm a hot mess, but in some ways I can kind of identify with this, like, um, floundering and trying to figure out, like, what the hell you're supposed to be doing with your life. I can kind of get that. Um, <laughs> Mom's um, laughing because... I am laughing. Um, yeah, because maybe that's something... I've been dealing with this week, as a matter of fact. Well, and uh, and me, I mean, I I have no regrets, but I never even had a floundering period. I got married so young that it's just like yeah. I had to jump right in, and I never even got to do the what do I want to do with my life kind of thing. I, you know, and... Yeah, to I, the point where sometimes mom's, like, trying to talk me through stuff, and I'm like, you don't get it! You don't even know what I'm going through. <laughs> like, just shut up and listen to your mother. I know best. Whatever I tell you is right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and I, I liked, uh, I don't know, I liked how kind of self-aware she always was, except for when it came to this kind of lack of self-confidence that she had. But I liked that she was aware of like, okay, I need to, this is where I need to cut back on things. I need to do this to kind of. Right. I need to keep lists to keep things in order. I need to. Yeah. Yeah. There was, it was. It, yeah. Almost like a self-help book within a romance book. It was Yeah. It was but fun. then she was also, um, she was a lot of fun. And, yeah. you know, like, having her viewpoint, especially, like, with looking at Tavish and interacting with him was, um, was a fun viewpoint to have, I think. I agree. Um, I also really liked the stuff between her and her sister and kind of, like, her journey with her family. I agree. I, I don't like, I, you know, there's, cause there's not much resolution with her and her parents. Right. Her parents are still just kind of a-holes. Um, but she did have resolution with her sister. Yeah. And, and I kind of knew from the beginning it was going to turn out like that. Like it's going to turn out that her sister had been jealous of her all this time instead of her yeah, being jealous and her of her sister. Yeah, like, you've seriously been mad about this this whole time? Like, <laughs> I, I didn't even think that this was a thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I think there's probably less resolution with the parents because Reggie is getting her own book. Well, that's what I figured. And I figured it was a continuing saga. So. Yeah, so that there might still be some more between the two of them. Um, but yeah, I thought it was really sweet, this um, kind of moment that they had. Yeah, where I thought so She's too. like, you pulled away from me for that? That's like why you pulled away? <laughs> like, <laughs> And her just being kind of, and calling her sister out as siblings or want to do i guess other people in other families i don't know is this a thing where they just don't sit down and hash crap out is that (laughs) you can't say that we do well some people are a little tight-lipped in our family but (laughs) i don't know i think we're pretty good if you're acting like an a-hole i'll say why are you acting like an a-hole i think you and i are fine but i think i think in our family we don't get like into touchy feely stuff as much well, as we're like, not some touchy people feely do. people. That's definitely true. Yeah. See, and some people would think of that as not. That's probably true. Or the way that we insult each other constantly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not constantly. It's in a loving way. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't. I don't think that. I don't think that we have room to point a finger in that department. I am personally. pointing fingers. Yeah, I know. You like to do that. I have the perfect family. (laughs) (laughs) 
because you are the matriarch. Because I'm the perfect mother. <laughs> um, I wrote down this line in just to kind of capture why I liked Portia. Um, he he makes a comparison to her as Cinderella. And she says, she didn't like that comparison. People focus so much on the prince slipping on Cinderella's lost shoe that they didn't realize the real happily ever after was the moment she realized she was brave enough to go to the damn ball alone in the first place. And then she says to him, I'm not waiting around for some F boy to bring me a shoe. I'm here working for you. I'm finding my own shoe. And I did always like that about her. That right. She, you know, for as much as she was this quote unquote rich, spoiled girl, she also wasn't afraid to like get to work, you know? And right. Get to work, girl. Yeah. So I appreciated about, about that, about her. That about her as a character. There we go. Right. So, Mom, what did you think of Tavish as our mm. hero? I thought about Tavish Hashtag quite a bit. Hashtag Sword Bay. <laughs> Bay looking like a snack. The, oh um, gosh. <laughs> the, there were several things I liked about Tavish, but I liked that he was mm-hmm. a little older, so I didn't feel like a you know pedophile perv. Yeah. Hey, here's on the him. thing for you, Mom. How do you feel about accents again? Oh my gosh, I love accents. <laughs> However, and I did ha- I did download the audiobook on this, but it's read by a girl, so it's like a girl doing his accent, oh, which is mm-hmm. a little disappointing. Not as yeah. Yeah. But um I mean, she did a great job, but mm-hmm. I still like a guy with a sexy accent. Yeah. The girls don't do it for me. But I do love and I loved his little Scottish brogue that he had going on. I also mm-hmm. loved when she started like talking like him, you know, and saying shite and you know yeah. some of the little things that scottishisms yes that she picked up from them and um yes i do love because i told ellen we need to go to scotland because i just need you know guys that call me lass and <laughs> um but and i also i always like the idea of these guys who have bodies that aren't, well, we talked about this, I think it was in the Amy Dawes book, the, you know, Wait With Me book, mm-hmm. where they have, like, bodies that weren't sculpted in a gym, but just... Yeah. rough hewn. Yeah, like, hard working. I've been working hard, and so, you know, I'm, I'm just sinewy because this yeah. is my lifestyle. It's not something I do for an hour a day. It's... This is just the way I live my life. So at one point, there's a mention of his forearms. And I'm glad to know that this is like a thing for other women. (laughs) But like, why is like, why are forearms a thing? Like the best I can come up with is that like the musculature in like a man's forearm is different than in a woman's and much in the way that they like boobs. Like... (laughs) We like their forearms because they look different than ours. Well, in the um, you know the veins and the yeah, they got the hair and I mean, and, I well, know. and they've got they've just do you know what I mean? Like there's just like different, like they're just formed differently than ours. Yeah. Oh gosh, but I do love a good set of forearms. <laughs> that's that's nice. Um, <laughs> Anyway, uh, sorry, I got distracted there for a second. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I like the idea of, uh, 
you know, having an older hero. I like the idea of having a Scottish hero. I like the idea of having a working class hero. Because he, mom, he's, would for my sake, would you think? Would you say that he was a happy hero, or was he a grumpy hero? Definitely, in the beginning, <laughs> he was grumpy. I mean, he still was a little grumpy there towards the end. But I, you, you know, I, I was, I was a fan <laughs> of that. Ellen's all over that trash, but um, uh, it's not often though that I mean, obviously he inherits and you know things are great in the end. But at the beginning, he was just like a working class guy. He wasn't, yeah. You know, there was no hope of you know him becoming a rich guy. There was no. Well, it's like you said. Even at the end, you know, he finds a way to kind of marry those two worlds, at least just for him, right? You know. To where he can kind of have the best of both worlds, which is a Hannah Montana song um, <laughs> that they just did a lip sync to on RuPaul's Drag Race. So there you go. Um, it did kind of piss me off when he got mad at her for accidentally sending that email. Oh, you know, but like he wasn't she- mad for long. I mean. I know, but, like, he was even already thinking, like, he was going to take it. And then he gets, he kind of, like, snaps at her a fair amount. And it wasn't even anything she did on purpose. Right. And so his reaction to that kind of pissed me off. But well, the still... reaction at the end kind of pissed me off. The fact that hold it. he just, like, hold ghosted it. her. Stop. Oh, We're sorry. We're going to talk about that. Um, so yes. I wrote down this Such line. rules. <laughs> I'm a taskmaster. Um, <laughs> yes, master. I wrote down this line because I thought this was funny. Um, she realized several things at once in his office. One, she'd been wrong to scoff at the silver fox phenomenon because Tavish's salt and pepper hair was like the perfect seasoning on a slab of delicious Angus steak. Two, her diet had definitely been lacking in protein. Three, she had committed to sexual veganism. There was no way in hell she was going to mess up Project New Portia by sleeping with her boss of all people. Well, I just thought that was and we all know how that ends. We all, know, well, we all knew how that was going to go from the beginning. When, when she wrote that line. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I mean, I liked him. Grumpy hero, check. Uh, sounded super hot, check. <laughs> Worked hard for the money, check, you know, all these things yeah. that we have talked about liking. So he was just check, 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 check. Yes. Um, and I also wrote down this line just because I feel like this was a line that probably, like, rang pretty true for Alyssa Cole, um, just probably in some man that she's dealt with. Um, but in the beginning, he forgets to pick her up, and he says... He had forgotten to pick her up, but Jamie had forgotten to remind him to remember. <laughs> and that's just such a man line. <laughs> well, you were supposed to remind me. I'm sorry. How is this my fault? <laughs> I yeah. probably say that on a daily basis to my husband. I'm sorry. How are we twisting this to be my fault? Now? Yeah, exactly. I thought I thought you would appreciate that one. Um, so, Mom, you have some experience working with ADHD with the I kids do. that you've worked with as a teacher. I so do. what did you think of Por- Portia's potential discovery of the crux of her hot well, first messiness? Of all, I think almost everyone on the planet has some uh, degree. It's like a spectrum. Yeah, it is. Some degree of ADHD. Um, I know every when I would go to work in the morning and I would just be... I'd, 
oh, I need to do this. Oh, I need to do this. Oh, I need to do this. And I would start one thing and then I'd I'd get distracted and start another thing. And I'd have to literally stand still in the middle of my classroom and say, okay, we have reading first. Let me get my reading stuff done. I, you know, then math. Let me get the math stuff. So, um, it, I think everyone has that kind of, my brain is scattered everywhere. And I think some people are able to deal with it and other people just, you know, it's to a degree where they, they can't. And I understand that. Um, uh, yes, I have. And I would say for her, it's probably not ADHD. She sounded more like an ADD thing. ADHD Mm -hmm. is more like where you just can't control your body. And, um, you know, I didn't see that in her. Well, because she never, um, and she never, like, she talks a lot about she's going to take the test, right, to diagnose herself. She said she did take it. Did she? And she said, because she was talking to her doctor, and she said, I need to talk to him about my possible ADHD, you know, because she had filled out that form, and it said that she may have. Um, Anyway, um, yeah, ADHD is, is, especially in kids, where they can't, like, they have to be moving all the time. They have to be, I, I, I would say ad nauseum. Okay, I'm fine if you're moving, but let's do something quiet. You know, I'd say, pat your leg, not the desktop. And, you know, yeah. I, I had all kinds of little helps for them, and I had little things they could play with in, at their desk and stuff. But um, ADD is just where your brain is, like, bouncing all over the place. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought, it, I thought it was a pretty good portrayal of, yeah, of someone. Yeah, and definitely, I think, um, you know, there are a fair number of adults who it's like, why can't I do this? And then they f- figure out, you know, just because I think it's something that's not talked about. I think it's something that's getting talked about more with kids like today. Right. But you've still got this crop of adults who it's like, oh, so there's there's a reason why. <laughs> why this has been I'm, a struggle for me my entire life. Yeah. And... um. I liked her figuring out that there was more to it than just her being this quote-unquote hot mess, you know? Right. And, um, you know, and that this thing that she struggled with and, like, why her parents were always disappointed in her, like, there was more to it that, you know, maybe they should have picked up on rather than just writing it off as her being a hot mess. And right. a flighty, you know, etc. Um, okay, so let's talk about sex, baby. Um, I thought this was pretty, pretty mom appropriate. Yeah, pretty tame. There wasn't a ton of it. Yeah. I mean, they only had sex like three times before they stopped having sex for the rest of the book. Well, and it, it, it didn't, it didn't, I mean, they kissed, but then like they didn't have sex until like, I think 65% or something. Yeah. Which I guess that's pretty standard, but... And then they had, like, one wild night of passion, and then it was over. Yeah. For the rest of the book. Yeah. Um, just gonna say this. Found out that maybe I wouldn't be super opposed to desk sex. <laughs> that maybe that's something... <laughs> We have a family story. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Okay, you can tell that story, though. That was kitchen counter, though. It wasn't desk, yeah. necessarily. Gosh, gross. 
I ate at that counter. <laughs> well, it's not like I didn't wipe it down. <laughs> so tell your story. Well, when Ellen was little, probably four, right? Three or four. You're yeah. probably four. She had this little neighbor friend who would come over all the time. She had a really deep voice, and she'd say, Can Ellen come out and play? So we used to make <laughs> that all the time. Here's the funny thing about this story, is that mom and dad, like, my entire childhood would say this line, this can Ellen come out and play thing. <laughs> and I didn't, I just was like, oh, it's just this girl that they would always make fun of. But well, it wasn't was until I was it. like... It wasn't until I was, like, 20 that I found out this, the rest of this story. So go ahead, Mom. <laughs> well, we lived in, like, a, not a cul-de-sac, but, like, a courtyard where all the these townhomes that we lived in, we lived on base, um, were all connected and kind of U-shaped. And so, you know, and we lived in freaking northern Maine, so no one locked a door or, and in the summertime, you know, we only would have our screen doors shut. To keep out all the effing flies, because I don't know if you've ever lived in Maine. <laughs> but anyway, um, so my husband had this job where he would sit alert for a week, and then he'd be home for a couple weeks, and then he'd have to be gone for a week, and he couldn't come home while he was sitting alert. And um, so he came home from one of his alert trips. The kids were all napping upstairs. So my husband and I took advantage of the situation. <laughs> On a kitchen counter. And um, when we're in the middle of this, we hear this, can Ellen come out and play? <laughs> now, luckily, we weren't in, like, major states of undress. <laughs> but <laughs> um, so our little neighbor girl was standing in our dining room on the other side of our kitchen counter. So it's not like she saw anything. but And I'm sure she was completely unaware of what she was witnessing. <laughs> Hopefully, or she's scarred for life. Either one could be a case. But yeah, so mom and dad would always say this, like, "Can I come out and play?" I think, and I was just I was like, "Okay." And then it wasn't until I was like twenty that I found out this whole aspect about her walking in on them having sex. That is why that they would why it left such an impact on them. So anyway, yeah, that's my. So sure, desk desktop desktop sex. That's hard to say. Um, desk, desk sex. Desk sex. A lot of sex, sex, sex. Yeah. Um, yeah. See, mine was kitchen counter, which was a little higher, so a little more awkward, but <laughs> it worked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. So, Mom, how yes, did Ellen. you find me? <laughs> you want to move on from, from that, that subject, Ellen? <laughs> How did you find the main conflict in this book? He kind of pushes her away when the papers dredge up her past. So what did you well, think? Well, I mean, I understood what he was doing. He was afraid she was being hurt, and so he was pushing her away because he didn't want her to be hurt. I mean, I got that. Of course she yeah. didn't. But um, it's the same frustration that I had. I mean, he, like, like, yeah, you need to leave, and then ghosted her. I mean, he didn't yeah. come and say goodbye to His- her. He didn't. His method was awful. Awful. And, um, like, disappeared. And and it was just like, dude, seriously? That's the best way you could think of to handle this situation? Yeah. And uh, so I, of course, was not happy about the way he was handling it. Um, 
And then she, of course, was thinking, oh, he doesn't want to have anything to do with me because I'm ruining his reputation. And I mean, what else is she supposed to think? I totally got where she was coming from. Yeah. Uh, So anyway. I'll say that the the conflict itself, you know, him not because it's it's a mirror, right, of kind of what his biological dad. Right. Did to his mom. Mom. Um, so it felt like a reasonable, natural conflict for the book. So, like, the conflict itself didn't bug me. But, yes, his execution was poorly done. Um, but, yeah, I would agree that her response, and, in fact, she's kind of just, like, okay, like. All right, I'm out of here. Yeah, and um, I thought she handled it for as much of this, quote, unquote, hot mess that she is. Um, she handled it very adult and responsibly and things like that. Um, And I also kind of connected to that. I I was glad that she was able to figure out that she didn't actually get drunk at that party. Well, I'm surprised that wasn't like their first thought. I mean, that was like my first thought when I heard, I was like, oh, obviously someone drugged her because she hadn't drunk any alcohol. You don't, you don't get blackout drunk even if she drank one glass she would have remembered a long string of drinks yeah and um so to me that it's crazy that that wasn't their first thought like well someone's drugged her she wouldn't be acting like this right off the bat yeah so i was glad they were able to figure i was thinking it was going to end up being leslie and not the duke i thought it was going to be leslie who i did consider that as well um i don't know but I'm not uh, the author, so that's not the way it went. Yeah. Um, okay, so, Mom, did you have a favorite sword innuendo in this book? Because there were plenty. There were plenty. Um, first of all, and can this be my spooniest moment, too? Because this is where I'm going to... Okay, go ahead. I had a hard time... I, before we started recording, I told Ellen, I said, I had a hard time coming up with a spooniest moment for this one. Because, mm. would you agree, there was... There wasn't any, like... There was a lot of cute moments, but there right. wasn't um, anything where I was like, oh, they swoon, they sigh. Yeah. But I, it's not like I missed that. I mean... My swooniest moment was probably the desk sex, if I'm being honest. Well, I know you. You're such a... Okay. Yes. That's a good one. Um, <laughs> I liked when she was making the sword. When, they, when she was making the sword, and oh. he's like, all right, let's just get all these out of the way right now, and just um, all well, the... And- and that was swoony in that, you know, she made the sword and she was like so proud of it and right. she was, We made this together. Yeah, and he was kind of like like he Aww. kind of fell for yeah. her more there because she like handled it with respect and like did a good job, but then also, you know, that she was she was like actually interested in this thing that he loves, you know, right. and that that was a turn on for him, so to speak. Well, and not only sexual innuendos with swords, but there was a lot of sword metaphors used in the whole, throughout the whole book about, well, you know, they always do that with these books, but... Um, Pantscalibur. Pantscalibur. That was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, just, you know, like the heated, like a heated sword dipped in water, you know, just a lot of metaphors used yeah. of sword making. Um <laughs> I literally have a son that made a forge because he wanted to make a sword. Of course, he, that yes. homemade forge is sitting out by my garbage cans right now. <laughs> Bless his heart. <laughs> Bless his heart. Um, 
I, I wrote down my favorite one as being when he referred to his 18-inch length of steel, because I'm like, <laughs> nice try, sort of Yeah, really. Seriously? <laughs> that would be 18 like, inches. 18 inches. That would be like a mutation. <laughs> like an X-Man. <laughs> Don't come at me with that. <laughs> what's, what's your superpower? Well, I do have this 18 inches of steel. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um anyway so that that that's it for my questions um so nara wrote in and she said i cried i'm really close to my sister and i was moved by portia and reggie trying to mend their relationship so the romance part is also really good (laughs) but yeah i would agree with that i i liked that and i i can tell that we're still gonna get more of that in reggie's book i'm sure i'm sure um, the next Ma- one, though, is about Naya and jo- Johan. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm pretty sure that's how you would say his name. I don't know. I, I was saying Johan. Yeah. Johan. Yeah. He was fun, too, so I'm excited. Yes. I think he'll be a fun hero for a book. And let me tell you, anytime, in fact, this was swoony for me, but the whole idea of them going to that ball all dressed up in kilts, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, that is nice. swoony. Yeah. And I like that he like wore his little shorter because he's so promiscuous. <laughs> and going commando, so. Yeah. <laughs> Naughty. Naughty. Um, so, Mama, any other thoughts on this book? Uh, no, it's fun. It was, uh, I really enjoyed it. It was a fun yeah. read. Um, yeah, I Yeah, I, liked it. I thought it was really cute. And this, this was, was my first Alyssa Cole um and yeah i really liked her writing style and i thought this one was a lot of fun so i'm excited to check out more to all of that yeah um we also so in addition to nara's comments we had also been threatened by some listeners from our after our review of the wedding date that if we didn't like this one in particular (laughs) that people were gonna start jumping ship so i think so i'm glad we liked this one Oh, yeah. so. And we didn't just like it just so we wouldn't lose listeners. No, I did not just do that for you, Christy. Um, <laughs> I also I legitimately liked this one. Um, so those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on a Duke by Default by Alyssa Cole. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Goodreads group, and our Twitter, which is at NotYourMom'sRum, or you can email us at NotYourMom'sRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you'd like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On March 11th, we will be discussing Lady in Waiting by Marie Tremaine in our next mini episode. Uh, But for now, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll be talking about what we look for in a book boyfriend. So stay with us. time for a break it's time for a break the break is when we do the news and mail can you tell who that's trying to be it's my best attempt at christina aguilera oh see i'm not super familiar with christina aguilera yeah, it sounded a little deep yeah <laughs> i was thinking well, she, dude but she does that <laughs> um so as the jingle implies it's when we do the news and the mail uh, here's the thing. We don't have any mail. The The only news we really have is just a reminder that we're going to be at KissCon Weekend Affair in Chicago 
um, on April 5th through the 7th. So if anybody is listening and they're also going to be there, we'd love to, like, meet up with y'all. And, um, yeah, we're excited to be there. Alyssa Cole, who uh, wrote A Duke by Default, is going to be there. So um, we're excited to meet some of these authors that we talk about a lot. We are. So it'll be fun. Um, so, yeah. Any other news or mail, Mom, that we need to talk about? The other thing I'll say is that I think for our next two-part episode, we are going to do a rom-com in conjunction with Hate to Want You by Alicia Rye. Um, So if anybody, we've had some rom-com suggestions, but if anybody wants to put their vote in for a rom-com for us to talk about, uh, we we would love to hear some of your recommendations or requests for that. Now, are we Uh, saying that we would rather, that we would kind of like to do some more obscure or unknown rom-coms? I think that would be fun, but whatever people want us to talk about. Not necessarily, huh? Whatever you want. We just want you to be happy. (laughs) That's all we want. That's all we want. Um, yeah. Anyway, um... So, because we don't have any mail, I thought I would share an embarrassing story. Because this is something we have done previously during this segment, is story time with Mom and Ellen. Ellen has a plethora of embarrassing stories. I have a plethora. The thing you will find about all of my embarrassing stories is that they usually have to do with my boobs. Most of them. I think you should just be proud, Ellen. (laughs) They do, so, and they do have a life of their own. <laughs> they do. They they a mind of their own. They just do whatever they want, and that's usually what gets me into trouble. Um, I so this embarrassing story is brought to you from the land of Italia. Um, I was in Italy for a short while. Um, I was there on a mission for our church. And I got pretty sick at one point, and they needed to do an EKG. And I don't know if you guys have ever had an EKG, but it's where they stick a bunch of stickers around your boob, essentially. Are they stickers? Are they like <laughs> butterflies and rainbows? It's, it's like, <laughs> great random job. Stickers. And it's a bunch of grapes. Good for you. <laughs> Yeah, that would that would make it more fun. <laughs> I I would prefer if my boob looked like a Lisa Frank uh, <laughs> binder. No, but, um, but you know it's like the little electrode things that are reading your heart rate and crap like that. Um, but they with with women they basically have to stick them like all around your boobs. Um, so I was getting that. The thing is, is I've had an EKG in the states. And, you know, they go out of their way to make sure that you're comfortable and covered at all times. They're like, we're going to step out of the room. You know, you just undress and lay this over yourself. And then we'll come back in and open it and stick the things where they need to. And then close it back up again immediately. But in Italy, (laughs) they have much uh, more lenient views on nudity and things like that. Um, keep in mind, I was in Italy for a mission for our church, so I'm in a very, um, 
what's the word I want to say? <laughs> Innocent state of mind. We'll <laughs> say that. Um, so in Italy, they've got the door wide open to the hallway. You can see me from the door and I'm laying there just with my boobs out. <laughs> my shirt is just open and boobs out with stickers all around them. <laughs> and, um, and people are walking by and could very easily see me. And I'm in my head. I'm just telling myself, it's just nurses and doctors. It's fine. Like they've seen worse than your boobs before Ellen. Um, and then this guy walks in and he like walks up to the bed and I'm like, it's cool, Ellen. He's just a doctor. It's fine. But he says in Italian, um, I was in here a little while ago and I think I left my glasses. <laughs> so he was a patient that had forgotten his glasses in this room. And I'm like, my only comfort right now is that you don't have your glasses. <laughs> And I bet he wasn't blind, though, Alan. <laughs> maybe, maybe couldn't see my boobs just completely hanging out at this point. Um, anyway, so that's story number two with Ellen's boobs. Ellen's boobs. That's what we're just going to call this segment. <laughs> yeah, it's not story time. It's just Ellen and Ellen's her boobs. Ellen's boobs. <laughs> well, but, there yeah. you go. So there's that. Hope that was enjoyable. That was enjoyable. It makes everyone else feel better about themselves, Ellen, when you tell your embarrassing stories. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've had some horrible stuff happen in my life, but at least I haven't had <laughs> an Ellen's boob story. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Anyway. So there's that. Um, send in an email so that I don't have to share another embarrassing story. <laughs> That's right. You're being punished. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, So we'll see you next time for our next break segment. Welcome back. So we talked so much about our heroes that we thought we would just devote a whole segment to them, even though I'm pretty sure we've already done this before. But, you know, bear with us. Um, But I find when I'm typing up my notes for the show, I always have a lot more to say about the hero than the heroine. Why is that, do you think, Mom? Well, probably, I don't know, Ellen. Probably because as women, we focus on the men more. Yeah, I was thinking... You know, we are always coming, even with dual POV stories, we're always going to come at it more relating to the viewpoint of the heroine, the right? Heroine, the female. And I was thinking, like, when you have that viewpoint, you are going to focus more on the outside characters, I think, than the people that you're spending time with like I was thinking like great Gatsby you talk more about Jay Gatsby as a character than you do Nick Parker um and I think so often we relate to the the heroines in our stories and so the heroes are more of an outside entity so it's more of a yeah yeah and anyway and and I think you know we've talked before about how, in a way, romance novels are kind of a fantasy. 
and the men are the big aspect of that fantasy element of it, right? I'm really looking forward to Penny Reed's dad bod series. I'm really looking forward to, because I'm really not sure how, um, even though it's not called that anymore, but yes, continue. Well, you know what I mean. Um, I'm not sure how I'll react to if they don't have chiseled chests and, uh, it'll be a different kind of. I think, but I mean, and we've talked about this before, like at the end of the day, what we like, I want someone to type up like, you know how there's the hero's journey. I want someone to like make up the, the romance hero's journey because that's what we, we've talked about this before. What we always like about our romance heroes, right, right, is seeing them go through. I mean, like, yes, would we like, you know, like with Tavish, we like when his forearms are described and, um, you know, his rough hewn body is described and things like that. But um, we, like, for us in particular, we always are more interested in in that transition, right? That they always all seem to go through, whether they're going from the, you know, lifelong bachelor to this bachelor brought down by love or the grumpy hero who gets taken down by the, you know, bubbly heroine or all of that. Like, that's what we always like is that transition. Right. Um, So, yeah. But I'm interested to see... I mean, if that ruins, like, the illusion for you. Well, and I don't think, I mean, I can't see how it would. I would like to think I'm a better person than that. I mean, my husband, who I love dearly, um, he in no way. got the dad bod. (laughs) And then some. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, you know, it's, it's just, I don't like love him less because of it at all. So I would yeah. like to think I'm the kind of person who would be, you know, attracted to a person's actions more than the way their body is described. Um, but it will it be interesting to to read a book hero with that. Yeah. Yeah, cuz I don't it seems like every book I've ever read has had the um you know, the chisel chest and the Yeah, I think I've read somewhere he's, you know, not quite as. I mean, we've read some where they were like scarred or or other things. Yeah, like but, that, but even some, I think, where you know they were described as maybe like a little bit more soft in the middle. Kind I don't of think thing. I've ever read a book like that. Oh, really? I think like Cletus is in Beard Science. Well, it's not explained quite that way. Anyway, but I, I think I think you're right. I think he is not quite as chiseled as like Like he's not described as like being chiseled right um no but i'm interested to see how i mean i'm sure i'd like to think i'm the kind of person who could rise above that um and one of our male listeners asked didn't we get an email about you know are all men like this (laughs) i would like to think that they're not (laughs) (laughs) yes they all are what's the matter a problem with that um <laughs> so mom what what do you think you look for in in your heroes well or like what are your some of your favorite qualities 
Definitely, I like the witty banter, of course. Mm -hmm. So I need someone who can, you know, spar. I say with me because I'm the heroine in all of these books. (laughs) No, but someone who can spar, you know, with someone on a humorous, uh, you know, I like the snide comments that are, I don't know. I, I think one of my favorites, is it the Duchess deal? Is that? Oh. -hmm. I loved the banter in that one. Just the, I mean, because he was just grumpy and snarky and then she would always come back with some lighthearted, witty something. Um, But I, I just love someone who can match wits. Because I'm, I'm fairly, I'd like to think of myself as a fairly witty person. So. You do like to think of yourself (laughs) like that. Yes, that's true. (laughs) Um. Shut up, Ellen. You're the worst. Um, But so just the thought of having that kind of, you know, witty banter uh, intrigues me. I think at the end of the day, as I'm sitting here thinking about it, um, I mainly just like when they're a good match for the heroine. Um, So it's... Like, I'm thinking about 99% mine. Uh-huh. Which, he is just so perfect. And it's funny. I'm surprised that anyone even listens to that episode because I have literally seen things on Facebook where it's like, oh, I can't stand this book. And I'm like, and, and I make comments like, how could you? <laughs> I loved that book. I love and, that book, And then too. the opposite with the wedding date, which we weren't super fond of, but... Um, yeah. You know, and other people are like, oh, I love that book. It's just funny to me that the uh, polar opposite views on those two books. Yeah. Anyway. But he is just like, because he's the last hero that I think back on. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, I loved him so much. But um, I don't know, like that he's so sweet and thoughtful, but like still has his moments of animalistic I like yeah. that. And we've talked before about how I like my grumpy heroes. But I think I like just when they're a good match for the heroine. And like him with um, Darcy in 99% Mine, um, his sweetness just mixed with her kind of combativeness and things like that. Well, and also, like, she was kind of a hot mess. I mean, there was things in yeah. her life that were kind of a hot mess. And he was just such a calming influence to her hot mm-hmm. mess. Yeah. And, um, but then, you know, when he needed to pour on the masculine testosterone. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so that was a great match. Um, and same with... Um, Sally Thorne's other book, Joshua Templeman. Gosh, do I like them? (laughs) He's he's a good one with Lucy, right? Is her name? Yeah, that one. Yes, Um, and yeah, yeah. I mean, that was that's a great book too. Um, But all of like, think about all of our favorites. Like that's that's always the case. Is just that they're good matches for. The heroines. And so I think just getting to go through that journey with them and seeing them interact, and I think a lot that's of what that, like, makes us fall in love with them. I think the bottom line on all these, you know, book boyfriends is uh, 
they need to be well written. I think it all comes down to writing and how they're written. And um, I think that's what, you know, makes us fall in love with them is is how well they're written. So keep it up, authors. Yeah, I mean, I think about all of our favorites. Yeah, it's we loved the book as well. Right. And I, and so that's why I think I came down on, I just like when they're a good match for the girl. Because there's some books that I've read where I started out and I thought, there's no way I'm going to ever like this guy. There's no way I can do a, you know, point A to point B and love this guy at the end. Yeah, and like, I, I think we talked about that with like Devil in Spring with uh, Lisa Kleypas. Yes. I mean, there's a lot of them that I've thought, oh, this is so horrible. He's so horrible. Is it Devil in Spring with the St. John guy or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Because when I finished the first book where he had kidnapped her and all that, I was like, this, <laughs> there's no way he can redeem yeah. himself. I, you know, I always say it's got to be a, a Damon <laughs> from Vampire Diaries, who I hated at the beginning. He was so awful, but then we loved him. I always um, liked him. <laughs> yeah, because you're, okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> I said he's going to have to make a Damon South. Salvatore, whatever, Salvatore, Salvatore, I couldn't think of the name, you know, transition there, and lo and behold, he did, did. Um, so I think a really good author can pull that off, there's, but there's some that I've just, um, I've read, and I thought, this guy did not really redeem himself enough for me, he's kind of a prick, but, um, uh, you know, that you know, you talk about that journey. We love seeing that journey and, and I love seeing either the grumpy guy. There was I can't remember the book, but there was one book we read where the guy was so awful in the beginning, I thought, There's no way I'm gonna like him. Where he had like prostitutes in and stuff and, and oh, what was that one? I think that was Sabrina Jeffries. I can't, I don't know. I just hated I him remember. and then he but he did turn around for me and I was just like, There's no way he's gonna come around. Um so if a book is well written enough, even like the most despicable book boyfriend can become, you know, that guy that yeah, we need. It's true. And you like the grumpy guys um, because they they turn it around. I mean, they they still maybe are a little grumpy, but I like when I like when you get to see the grumpy guys soften up a little bit. Right. That's like what I like, especially when this girl brings out that side of yeah. them. Yeah. That's what I like. It's not that I like assholes. It's just that <laughs> yeah. I like seeing them brought down low by love. <laughs> yes, we like the transition. Yeah. Um. So anyway, I think that kind of covers like what we wanted to talk about. I mean, shocker, we like well-written books. <laughs> That's what it boils down to. Um, but I think of uh, Michael in... Kiss Quotient. Kiss Quotient. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was so good. And, and he was so good with her. That was another yeah, that's, one where it was a great match. Talk- yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Is I think at the end of the day, it's just that we like when we get to see these guys that are such good matches for the heroines. Because yeah. I think that makes us, that brings out all of their best qualities is getting to see how well they go with this girl. And... um I think that's what makes a great couple is that you bring out each other's good qualities. Yeah. Um, So anyway, that's there we are. We just analyzed all the heroes in all the books we've read. (laughs) Um, 
let us know what you think if you agree or disagree if you have specific you know traits that you like in a book boyfriend um or if you agree that it just comes down to to the match um so thanks so much for joining us again if you would like to join us for lady in waiting by marie tremaine in one week on march 11th you can subscribe on itunes google play stitcher spotify and wherever your podcast favorite podcasts are sold for free you can also find us on twitter and instagram at not your mom's rom or on facebook or goodreads or email us at notyourmomsromancebookclub at gmail.com don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show and we just love to read them all right thanks mom you are welcome, Ellen. I'll see you later. Bye. Bye.